in this episode of Man vs. Marriage. I don't know what the title is going to be. I'm going to have to do it later. But you're going to love this show. <laughs> Seriously, it's about uh, it's about connection. It's about the, what would you say, honey? The, I think we had an aha and a, a what moment. <laughs> yeah, ahas, what's, and relationships. And really future planning. There's, there's no secret sauce to this. So we'll be right back. Welcome back to another episode of Man vs. Marriage. It is I, the cute dog in the Moran family studio with my lovely wife, Jeannie Moran. Jeannie Moran. Honey, say what's up. What's up? What's up? No, and we don't drink that beer. There you go again. <laughs> okay, folks, we are, Jeannie's, Jeannie's got an idea about this particular show and she wants to share it with us, and I'm going to compliment her um, as we do in our day-to-days. And uh, before I get started there, make sure that you go and give a 19-star review to this show. <laughs> it helps on the platforms. It helps to get the message out to more people. Um, it also helps uh, for us to get greater visibility on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, etc., etc., and if you have any questions, email me, Quincy at MVSMpodcast.com, Q-U-I-N-C-Y, M-O-U-S-E, <laughs> Quincy at MVSM, like man versus marriage, podcast.com. Without further ado, honey, I kick it over to you. I feel like Dr. Seuss right now. <laughs> You're rhyming. Um, well, we just went on a little road trip and... Um, Quincy and I have been kind of doing our own thing individually as far as, um, you know, Quincy's always listening to po- podcasts, reading books, doing his thing. And I've been recently doing masterclass and, um, you know, the art of living thing. And um, I don't know, somewhere along the line, we were, as we always do, we go on a road trip and our best conversations are generally in the car where there's no one to bug us. <laughs> and, um, a lot of things kind of happened that shocked me, really. Um, we had some aha moments in conversation and we had a few, I can't call them ahas cause it was more like, huh, it stumped me because it, it just seemed like we, we know, we knew this already. Why do we not know this anymore? In, uh, in genie, in true genie fashion, it would be an aha or an OS. No, I didn't have an oh shit moment. It was not an oh shit moment. It was more, it stumped me. It wasn't. Okay. Oh shits okay. are usually like, oh, duh. I know better than that. That that wasn't what this was. So I can't explain the, the Ed Milet episode. You'll have to go through that one. But we had a few conversations. The first of which was, um, you know, we're in Texas now. We're happy here. We're grounded. Um, but. Quincy and I still feel like there are, this is a stepping stone. Something else is happening. We don't know what yet. We're, we're settled, but we're not rooted. So when we first got here, ignore the obnoxious sounds in the backyard or the background. That would be our home alarm system going off. Um, 
all four for furry of them. Well, anyway, they're not gonna. They won't ignore <laughs> them if you don't. Anyway, um, when we first got here, I couldn't get even settled because we were in a rental. It wasn't my own home. There was a lot of um, constriction for me because I'm always worried about, you know, autism can be very um, destructive in moments. Yes. And um, I, I was always on the, the, we just live here. This isn't my home. I just live here. And when we bought this house, we're finally like, we're probably outside of the crap that's still in the garage that needs to go to the shed. We're probably a good, I would say, 60 to 70% unpacked. Yeah, a good 48% unpacked. I agree. <laughs> he, he, yeah, we don't do numbers right. You guys already know that. Anyway, so we've started, you know, building the garden and um, home projects and some things that we're going to do with the interior design, like little stuff. But for us, it was a big deal because. Now it's feeling more like home. Yeah, we're settling. We, we have, you know, I mean, the office actually has our stuff up. Like the bookcases. Thanks I had I had like six boxes of just my stuff from our previous move that never even saw the light of day in the other house. And we got up here and my office is unpacked and it's really nice to just look at it. Like, yeah. oh, okay, I can see all my pretties again. I'm happy. Plus, all my hockey stuff is out. And you, you guys know that's got to make me happy. Except for my stick. But we'll get that fixed soon. But anyway, we've been... I started to kind of feel like I've settled. I'm This is home now and I'm settled. But there's still a part of me that is like... But I'm not rooted yet. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not convinced to my core that this is where we're going to remain. Now... We've got kids that are going to be going off to college. We've got one that's going off to military. We've got, you know, older ones that are branching out and going to do whatever they're going to do, wherever they're going to do. They haven't really made their path yet. So Quincy and I have just decided we're going to start looking at the ones that are going to be planted somewhere. Maybe we want to be planted a little closer that way. All the other ones who are going out and making their own way, they have somewhere solid to come home to. Mm-hmm. And and everybody's in the same vicinity rather than having everybody scattered. Um, but we've never really discussed it other than to say we want a place where if they ever need to come home, if they ever, you know, need a place to build or what have you, we're there. That's, you know, kind of like his grandparents' house was their family's, like, meeting place everybody goes there when when there's something going on if there's a big event if there's a family emergency whatever that's the you know home base for lack of a better term my grandparents were the same way well my great-grandmother was growing up until um, she passed away so it's important to us to have that Mm -hmm. with our kids and our grandkids so we were talking about um you know opportunities pop up here and there with the podcast with writing um you know Quincy's meeting people in his new job he's loving what he's doing he's enjoying it and so we just kind of started floating things in the air of well what if this came up and and we thought about this area or what if this came up and we thought you know what's what if we wanted to visit that spot what what would we want what do we want Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden it was just like shit what do we want 
I told you it was an OS moment. Well, no, that ah. one that one wasn't a bad one. It was just It doesn't have to be bad. Yeah, well, my oh shit moments are usually bad ones. <laughs> well, well, actually I should preface that. I guess there is a meter between an oh shit and a WTF. If we get to WTF, y'all just walk away for a minute and let me breathe through it. But anyway, we that was the first one, but what caught me was um we start talking. He he's I don't know how much I'm allowed to say. So Quincy has gotten into a, a, a new place with his job and there's this group of people that he, that just really taken to him. And for me, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, this is not an, I told you so for me, this is more of a, it's about damn time because I known for years who you are and what you have inside you and what you have to offer people. And it's not just, a salesman. It's not just a manager. It's not just a business guy. You genuinely care about people. It's true. And so everything you've done is always based on relationship. Now here's the crap part in a relationship. If only one person is giving into it and the other person is taking what they can and only giving a little, we call that a five and 50 in this house. And we've had a lot of $5 people in every facet of life and as he's talking about meeting these people and you know making these friends not connections not networking friends people that he's actually you know got things in common with and and it's just a different personality coming out of you as you're talking it's like that 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 that's my guy that's Hmm. that's not the work guy that's my guy i know that guy really really well and it just i started getting emotional i still am because People are saying great things about you and, you know, you're, you're finally getting accolades that for years I've just been pissed because I want to scream at these people for you, not just in work, but just in general, you know, it's, it's not, it's not a professional thing. It's just a people thing. Mm -hmm. And it finally, it just hit me. It was like, you know what, that's what I've always wanted. I want to go where, I want to be where people want us. I want to be where people actually accept and enjoy who we are and what we have to offer. And our kids are not a burden or, you know, an extra tag along that just comes with the package. I I genuinely want real. Mm -hmm. I'm sick of fake. And so we were talking about, you know, how these people were saying all these wonderful things. Quincy kept saying, I couldn't believe they were saying that about me. I, 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 it just, I can't even fathom how someone would even, someone like him would even say something like that about me because, I mean, he's him. And I'm thinking, I, I do. I, I get it. I, I, I got, can I put my hand up? I, I know, I know a few things. But it made me feel so good to realize, okay. We're finally coming full circle where we're supposed to be. And then it hit me. I haven't set roots yet. I've just settled. So now we're talking, you know, maybe there's other steps coming. Maybe there's not necessarily a move, but more like just something, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's with the podcast. I don't know if it's with the kids. I don't know if it's with a job. I don't, I don't know. We just know it's something. <clears throat> but there, you know, you get that, yeah. that inkling in the inside of you that just says, don't jump, 
but be ready. Okay, I can do that. I think maybe. <laughs> I'll I'll consider it. If you give me enough warning and you don't make a crater out of a speed bump, I think we'll be all right. But though we had that conversation, and then um, Quincy had brought up, you'll have to explain the Julia Gulia and the Ed Milet because I don't. I will, and I'll that. I'll put a link in the in the <clears throat> show notes. I'll put a link for what Jeannie's alluding to because I think it is of great value, and I <clears throat> I have. I have a mission. I've I one day am going to meet Ed Milet, and I'm going to do my best to articulate the depth of my appreciation for what he does mm-hmm. and how he does it. So continue on, dear. Well, and you kind of have to explain those things because that's where the other aha came out. Okay, sure. I mean, there's a couple of Ed Milet things that um, really have been have really been changing my life. I'll back up all the way to uh, my cousin Michelle and my cousin Shane. Um, and for the longest time, and maybe I've already told this on the podcast before, but for the longest time, I know I, I feel a calling that I should be, I need to go out and I need to speak to groups of men and Jeannie and I need to go and speak to married people just to talk about our experience and to encourage them like we do you on this podcast. For me to challenge men um, to take the journey, the road less traveled that I've taken, to redefine myself as a man, and to, like, you know, once I've redefined myself, define what do I actually want my life to look like. I think that is all derived from the purpose of our Creator. Whether you're, you know, a, a man or woman of faith or not, that is where I stand on it. And so, there's been this one, this one thing that has been looming over me. It's, and I've explained it to to Jeannie and to my cousins and to a couple of dear friends of mine. Um, it's like it's I, I'm a ship on the ocean, and there's just one rope that has me tied to the pier. And I couldn't, I couldn't, I didn't have a reason to cut ties with it and move on. To like, to get out on the ocean and go for it. I don't think you had the the right tool to cut the rope yet. That could be it. (laughs) It was the rope I could not remove. Yes. Um, And it's because, it's because I had, I had, um, I'd placed my credit, I, I needed to recalibrate, recalibrate my credibility because I took, my credibility and I and I solely equated it to my finances. I'm not wealthy. I'm not wealthy in this from a financial perspective. So I'm not a millionaire. So my thought all the time is that I wasn't enough because why is somebody going to listen to me when I go out and have these discussions? I don't I don't make a ton of money. I'm not well off. I'm not a luxury guy. So what what level of credibility? Why are people going to listen to me? And I was telling, I came to the discovery what was holding me back. And I told my cousins and, you know, Shane and Michelle, I was like, listen, here's the deal. You know, I've, I've discovered today that I need to recalibrate my credibility because my credibility for so long, I've put it on whether I make enough money or not whether I'm wealthy or I'm not, and I am not wealthy financially. So, um, 
That's what's been holding me back. Just full transparency. There it is. That's that's what that's the fear button that's got Quincy not progressing in this area. And the next day, my cousin Michelle called and left me a voicemail. I didn't get it. I just I called her back, and she you know asked me if I'd listen to her voicemail. I said no. And she said, "Well, I just want to talk to you about what you said yesterday when you were talking to Shane and I about your credibility and." relating it to your pocketbook and she said um you know in not so many words what what would this world be like if jesus didn't go forward with his mission because of his pocketbook what if he let his pocketbook hold him back and that spun me that turned that (laughs) that turned me upside down if you are a christian um, or, you know, if you're any practicing religion, what you think, you go, well, what gave Jesus his credibility? Well, obviously it was who sent him and what the message was. And I'm going, well, who's sending me and what is my message? And should I allow, you know, the financial aspect of my life to dictate whether I'm, cred- I'm a credible source or not for these areas in life? And it's like it, it instantaneously, it freed me. I didn't even know what it looked like, (laughs) but the, I mean, the boat didn't move, but the rope got chopped and I'm like, now what? I'm like, wow. (laughs) I'm like, wow. Uh, was it, did I, did I have a plan for this? Yeah. (laughs) You know, now am I going to drift off or do I have a plan? And so it's. It started, kind of started there, and I had struggled for a long time with self-confidence, and I, I was listening to this. I was uh, working late in the hotel, and, uh, you know, I have a few podcasts that I listen to while I work, and I was like, nah, I'm not going to listen to those. I'm going to check out Ed, and he was having a conversation um, with this guy, and I can't remember the guy's name, unfortunately, but I'll, I'll get the show notes and put them in there, and uh, they were talking about self-confidence. And Ed has done some podcasts on self-confidence that really helped me, like helped advance me, but never truly freed me. And then I started to hear this, and, and Ed Milet, I mean, he's, what's his net worth? Half a billion dollars? I don't know. He has a jet and some houses. You know, when you open that icebreakers package, everybody can hear it on the microphone. Well, they didn't know it was icebreakers till you said something. Good well, job. not even though. So with that, popcorn, I mean. Keep going, monologuer. Monologuer. (laughs) (sighs) So with that, Ed and this gentleman, fantastic guy, they are talking about self-confidence and how they associate self-confidence with their intentions rather than with their outcome. And I was like, whoa, that is mind-blowing you have no control over the outcome but you have full control over what your intentions are what your motivations are for why you do something boom i'm like wow okay i get it i accept it i receive it i become that and so my confidence changed and it had changed before because ed Milet before was like well you base your confidence on um who you are what you stand for and what are you made of? I'm like, well, shoot, I can do that. But I still had this issue over here because 
I didn't see the results. Of course, that's when I was focused on money. And you all know that I, I have a, I have a battle with fear going on when it comes to money because it is not, it's not easy to provide for any family in this day and time, but for mine, you know, I'm too, I'm too much of a coward to trust God to take care of my family. I just put it out there like that. I've got to, I have to trust fear and go figure it out. And I'm not proud of that. Moving on. So with that, then, uh, uh, another episode comes up and he is, uh, he's on with, I can't remember these guests names. Thank God I'm going to share the link so you get it. Anyway, this particular gal, amazing gal. Oh, no, before that is the episode that you brought up, which I had you listen to and I sent it to you. And he talks about touching your dreams and the power of touching your dreams. And for Ed, he, you know, his goal was to be the first in his family to be successful in business. And so he was in sales. He was working very hard, but he couldn't, there was, there's basically a barrier. He could only go so far and couldn't go any farther. And he got some, he got some advice from a mentor that said, you need to go touch your dreams. He's like, well, what does that, what does that mean? So what he did and it, it's, the story is so good. Um, he wanted to, like he set an incentive plan for himself And what he did was he said, okay, I'm in sales, so if I achieve this, now I'm going to go to the Ritz-Carlton at this particular place. I'm going to go, and I'm going to see what it's like um, to be around people in the arena for which I want to uh, participate. So he tells you, you know, how, you know, he had to – he made the reservation. He was embarrassed to show up because he had a Honda CRX, and you know people pulling up to the Ritz Carlton typically drive something that's in a different class when yeah. it comes to vehicles. Um, he didn't know. I don't want to tell the whole story because I want you to listen to it, but he didn't know whether he was supposed to, you know, tip the bellhop now, tip him later. He got out, went to get his own uh, suitcase, his wife's suitcase, and the guy's like, "No, Mister Milet, I got it." And he's like, "What?" Is this guy going to take my back? <clears throat> anyway, he got in there, and he he had this sense of he had to touch his dream, so he felt like he belonged there. Because if you don't feel like you belong somewhere, you're not going to go there. You just, you're going to feel out of place, and you're going to retreat. And so they went. He played golf. He You know, his uh, one of his mentors said, Ed, rich men play golf. And Ed's like, I don't like golf. It's boring. I'm a baseball player. I need action. He goes, rich men play golf. So he went and he played golf. And he was there with guys that were farther ahead in the journey. And he got to experience what do they talk like? What do they act like? What do they talk about? And he kind of began to immerse himself in this area, which is the area where he wants to participate. Out by the pool. He's like, it's the middle of the day. What are people, how, how are people here in the middle of the day just relaxing at the pool? I don't get it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, his, his wife went and got a massage. And he's like, okay. So what I decided to do is I decided to, you know, continue on with this incentive for four months. Never got there. But the next time he did it, he got there and he became more familiar with his dream. 
Because he knew what to expect. He knew a little bit more what to expect. The second time he went there, he's like, I went to the pool. I knew where the towels were. Um, I got this particular room instead of that particular room. I felt I knew what the process was when I pulled up to the to the hotel. And it's like now you're becoming more familiar with the atmosphere of mm-hmm. where you want to participate. And he's like, and when I'm there, I'm out. I'm, I'm not stuck in my situation. So I get outside of my situation. And he's like, these ideas came to me. They just zap. They show up because I'm outside of my situation. And each time he went there, he became more and more familiar, and he felt more and more like, wait, I do belong here. It motivates you, I think. I believe it does. And the fact is that with with Ed Milet, for him, he's so financially sound that he doesn't have to do what he's doing. And and there may be some financial aspect to it, but that's okay. I don't go, – go make all the money you can, Ed. I believe you're a guy who who does great things with the money you make. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. But the beauty is, is that I look at him and I'm not jealous of what he has. I'm deeply humbled and appreciated because he is so much farther along the path that I want to be on. May not be the same area, yeah. but he's so much farther along on the path. And now he's giving us for free, for free, he's giving us tips to say, Here's what I struggled with, and here's how you can do it. And it's exactly what you and I do on this podcast for people and their marriages and their life. We're so far along the journey relative to other people that we look back and we say, here's my insecurities, here's my fears, here's my flaws. Learn from my mistakes. Here's where we are. Here's what we have done. Mm Mm-hmm. And now you have the opportunity to choose and do that too. And maybe you feel like you don't belong there. And so the next show that I listened to, he was, he was talking to this gal, just a fantastic gal. And, um, it's one of his best friends in life, like personal best friends, Mm -hmm. not just a, you know, Hey, we have steak. We have this every once in a while we play golf. Um, this is actually one of his friends and you can hear they speak each other's language like best friends would. And she started talking about, um, you know, this company, she had an investor and everything went perfectly and the investor told her no. And she said, Hey, can you, she had a skincare collection and she's like, Hey, can you tell me? And she's like, I was down to my last thousand bucks between my personal and my professional checking thousand bucks is all we had. We had just a couple weeks left and it was over. And um, so the investor sat back and he says, do you want me to be completely honest with you? She said, yes, please. He said, everything you've done is is perfect. It's right. It's not right for me because I don't think women are going to buy skincare from someone who looks like you and has your body type. That's all. Sorry. <laughs> well, and, and that was, that was deeply painful i mean that was a wound oh, that yeah. was that, that was that, fu- that, that was, would have been a wound for anybody that's five arrows to the chest and and mind you this is a podcast as i'm driving along i have no idea what she looks like i got no idea <coughs> I'm sorry. and so she ended up selling her company to l'oreal for 1.2 billion with a b dollars i don't think they cared what she looked like do you i don't even think that it should have made a difference in the first place but. no 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 <laughs> no but it was a blessing in disguise. Yeah. And that's the lesson that she was teaching us. And that's what led to 
some of my freedom here in, in my life, like real time freedom. She got a phone call from that guy Mm -hmm. and he's in, and he said, you know, it was six years and that's what she wanted to do. (laughs) That's what she was like. I, I, I so kind of wanted to do this, but he apologized to her and then he lauded her and was like, congratulations. I was wrong. And that's probably a billionaire, you know, where the egos kind of reside ish. Um, doesn't seem like it does. She's, she's a, a fascinating person with what she has overcome to get there. And so, you know, she said something that, that really freed me up and it just blew me away. And she's like, sometimes rejection is God's protection. I'm like, okay, lady. I like saying these things that, that rhyme together and make sense, but you're going to have to make that make sense. (laughs) And she goes, there are times in your life where God will hide your genius in uh, to, to particular people because they're not a part of your destiny. And I said, Oh my Lord, casting your pearls among swine. I said, I get it. I don't even know if it's that. I don't even know if it's that it's something different. Because I try as I may, I could not convey my heart to people. Mm-hmm. It seemed like it just did as hard as I worked for people. It just didn't resonate. They could not recognize the heart of the situation. It's like all of you people that I'm working with, you would be hard pressed to find someone who will cheerlead for you like I will. Mm-hmm. You'll be hard pressed to find somebody that will sacrifice on your behalf like I will. You'll be hard pressed to find someone that has the purest the purest of intentions because I just want to make you better. And the the selfish part of it for me is the positive gratification knowing that you are achieving your potential. And I'm I, I'm not perfect by any means, so I'm not I'm not even espousing that. But to understand it really instantly like healed several wounds in my life to say, whoa, think about, think about if, if those particular people did see, and when I say that God hides your genius, it's talk about your zone of genius, you know, not saying that I'm some scholar, which I'm sure people know. So I take that back. Don't worry about it. You get it. Um, I, that proves that I'm not a genius. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't um, going to say it. I was going to let you figure that out. I came full circle to that. <laughs> so with that being said, you know, that it, the, the, the essence of that show is called Worthy. And she goes on to say that you're never, you're never going to rise. You're never going to rise to your potential. You're always going to fall to where to what you feel you're worthy of i'm like oh my gosh that speaks volumes to me because i battled so hard with i'm not enough and i don't matter Mm -hmm. and i've been able to overcome that i've been delivered from that mindset and then understanding and we're getting a little religious here but understanding the idea that you are you are created for an express purpose to positively impact those within your circle of influence in this life. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wait a minute. So much of the church is about depravity. 
so much of the church is about, you know, in, in, in my upbringing, I'm not going to say the entire church, but my experience is about how worthless you're supposed to feel, how wretched, how unrighteous, how dirty, you know, we are as human beings. And I'm, I'm going to say this, there are plenty of examples all over that support that particular claim. Agreed. I, I can't say there's not. I mean, you look around right now with what is going on in the United States of America. There is plenty to support that. But the fact is, is that once, once you submit your life to your calling, to that greater purpose that's been created for you, now you're on the path and you become worthy of these things. Because these things that are coming your way are directly associated with the calling and your purpose. Circle back to who sent you and what is your message? Hmm. Well, whoever sent you created that calling and that purpose. And so you need to understand what you are worthy of because of you. No, because of your calling and your purpose. So if you can't accept those things, then you're never going to achieve what coach Israel used to say You're never going to achieve that potential, and you don't want to be known as somebody who had great potential because you didn't realize it. And the price price paid for us is so great that I don't want to leave any potential in the tank. I want to realize it all because that means another life has been impacted because of the goodness of God. And I am a willing I'm a willing vessel to to carry that out, to facilitate that. Mm-hmm. And I just listening to to mm-hmm. her story, and it just it it freed me tremendously. And then for for people to to say things about me in this these types of in the professional world blows me away because. It's not the it's not the wonderful things they're saying. What they're saying is a reflection of my heart mm-hmm. towards them. So while they're saying like great stuff, like, oh, that's the best blah 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 that I've ever heard. This you can count on all these things, all the things they're saying are simply a reflection of my intentions. And now they are visible to people. And I'm not out breaking records with my numbers. And what's funny is you're not doing anything different. You've always been this person. How you approach it is different now because you used to be, um, you used to be extremely emotional in how you dealt with things, and you've you've switched that perspective, so to speak. But you've always been the guy. If somebody says. God, you know, I wish I, I just, I'm struggling with this and I wish I could just figure it out. And it doesn't matter what you've got going on on your plate. You're just like, well, I, I've got some experience in that. Give me a minute. I'll, I'll come over there and I'll, I'll help you out. And I think in this day and age, it's myself included. I do this all the time. I'm horrible about this. I'm looking for the angle. I'm looking for the, why are you helping me? Is there something in it for you? Is this going to come and get me at the end? Is there, you know, I I grew up in a house where, and it's not a bad thing, but my dad is an older guy, old school. It's how he does things. And um, he worked on old cars. Well, if you came and helped him do something, 
he took you out to a nice meal to say thank you. And if he came over and did something for you, it was expected that you did the same thing or there was always a trade of some kind of tool or some kind of, you know, yeah, it's body, a, quid, a quid pro quo. Always. that That's how he's always worked. So it's something that I've always struggled with myself to say, what's in it for you? And I think that sadly, that's a lot of the majority's thought process is, yeah, he's great. He's helping me out. But what's it going to cost me? You know, like certain people that you want to help and they just, they're, they're not responsive and they, they're just like, yeah, okay, well, thanks. Yeah, I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. And you're over here going, dude, I could, I could help you do this Mm -hmm. and I want nothing. I just want you, I I can see what you can get out of this. Let let me help you do that. Mm -hmm. And they're still kind of like, eh. I feel bad for those people <laughs> because I know what they're missing. I know exactly what they're missing. And the funny part is it's not costing them anything. You're not asking for any, you don't even want the attaboy when it comes out and people are like, well, I couldn't have done this without Quincy's help. Quincy's always like, no, 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 no. I just, I was just along for the ride. Like he doesn't, he's very humble in what he does. Always. You've always been that way. Every now and then there's, you know, the, the smart ass, haha. But it's rare and it's usually done in a joking fashion. Majority of the time, what you put into people, you are genuinely putting in to people. And there's no expectation. There's no, hey, throw my name out there. There's, okay, go hit like, send us some stars, whatever that is. That is the tiniest ask compared to, you know, what you could ask from those that you've helped and the things that you've done. So it's, it's just, unfortunately, it's not common in this world for people to just want to help you. Yeah. And I understand (laughs) that. And slowly but surely, I review my behavior to see if I am manipulating Mm -hmm. people. Because it's important to me that I'm not. And there was a time where, you know, I would I would lead with, you know, uh, my, my kids, my family, my this, my that. Now, I still tell people about my kids and my family, but my motivation is not to make you feel sorry for me so you'll do something. I don't and think were, it ever was. I think it was just seen I, that there, way. There were times where I would, I would review, I would look back and go, was, was I trying to manipulate that situation? And I don't. I don't, I do not want to be associated with that. Yeah. So it's me reviewing my own behavior. I'm auditing my behavior. And there's been a couple of times where I've gone to go talk about it. And it's like, you know what? No, you're going on merit. You're going to, you're going to do this on merit. And I mean, when you go with customers, you look for familiar things to talk about. I, and I have a, and I'm t- I tell people this all the time. I have a sick disposition. I love to help people. <laughs> Even if you don't like me, for some reason, I want to help you. I feel compelled to do it. And I don't know if that's healthy or not. And I'm working that out. But in in this in this particular scenario, you know, with having these messages so close together and then, you know, in the background, my cousin Michelle and I are 
reading this book together by Julia Gentry. I call her Julia Gulia just because wedding singer. I love the wedding singer. Um, it's I love that movie, and I heard her name was Julia, and then I just put Gulia. So that it, there it is. Nothing. <coughs> it's a running joke for you and Shell. True. <coughs> and so I'm gonna put I'm gonna put her um, information. I'm gonna put her a link to either YouTube or something for her as well, but listening to her book called Dare to Dream, it's all it's all happening at an interesting time as my self-confidence grows because the, the line of work I got in for our company, I didn't know this, but I was told this, that it's probably the hardest business. It's the hardest... Um, business line that we offer which good <laughs> good because I like to do difficult things you like to be challenged I took this role in order to challenge myself to step outside um, to step outside of my comfort zone and what I was doing I was comfortable to a degree but it was still very challenging I didn't know that this was the toughest business line that we offer, but it's great because I am learning a lot about myself. I'm learning a lot about uh, my resiliency and my ability to communicate, my ability to listen as a part of communication to help me facilitate solutions for companies and for people. And I love it. And it's, and it's tough. But at the same time, I'm getting to meet some amazing people I don't, I never would have had the opportunity to meet. And then on top of that, there's a group of these people that see my heart and, and what my goals and my intentions are to help. And then there's some people that don't give compliments away that are giving me compliments because of my intention to help. And is it gratifying? Absolutely. Is it embarrassing? Yeah. Is it appreciated? Yes. Because you, you kind of finally get to the place where it's like, hmm, you see it. You see my heart for you. Not how great and how awesome I am or, or how, how good I am at X, Y, and Z. You just see my heart mm -hmm. to help you. And it makes it, it, listening to those messages along the journey and along the way, hearing that, you know, there are times where God hides your genius because those particular people aren't associated with your, your ultimate destiny just makes it a little more bearable because it can be soul-crushing. It can be soul-crushing when you are trying your best to be a servant leader and help people and feel like, It's just, it's falling dead. Matter of fact, more than, more than falling dead, that they're turning against you and you can't figure out why. Mm -hmm. So now this is another one of those scenarios that helps you look and say, don't do this and, and base the success on outcome. I'm very competitive. You know this. I love to win. No. <laughs> I love to win. I love to compete. But the fact is, is that there are, there are things that you do not measure on outcome. 
when I, when I have challenges in my business, you know, in my professional life and I don't meet the mark that I expect or even the company expects, I have to look at it and go, look, I'm going to tell you that this output or that this, uh, this, yeah, this result is not a reflection of the effort because I'm very confident in the effort I'm putting in and this result does not reflect that. So you have to build resiliency and continue to move mm -hmm. forward. Even at the point where hard questions are asked of you, if you're, if you're not succeeding and then trust the process and continue to move forward. And I'm going to tell you that has to do with life. It has to do with your relationship and it has to do with your professional, um, life as well. And I think it's very important. And for Jeannie and I, we, one of the things that stumped me as we were, as I was going through part of this, uh, art of living, uh, by Matthew McConaughey with Jeannie is it's like a lot of times people tell you, what do you focus, focus on what you want to change. McConaughey comes in and he goes, what do you want more of? <laughs> and I'm like, well, hell, I never thought of it that way. Well, that was, that's the trip because now Quincy's been doing this Julia Julia thing and he's doing the, Poor Julia. well, it's said in love. If you understood his love for that movie, you would get it. It is totally said in love. But anyway, you know, listening to Ed Milet, listening to what you, you're talking about with Julia and talking to Michelle and I'm doing the art of living and Matthew comes out and says, what do you want more of? And it, he starts asking you questions about, um, you know, instead of looking at who you want to be and like these things that you want to change or become, he's like, who are you not? Yeah. That's a lot easier to go. I'm not that type of person and I don't want to be this kind of person and I don't like these things. And it is so much easier to filter out what you don't want. For because, some, for some but, people it, it is, you know, correct. But, when you have to look at what you want, that stumps the crap out of me because it's like, I, what do I want? So we started talking about, you know, what do you want more of? And, um, it, I mean, Quincy and I have for days, it took us probably a, me, it took a week just to sit down and go, I, I have a laundry list of things, but you're supposed to pick one. And I'm trying to figure out like where the connection is. Because there's got to be one that you got to have that makes all these other ones a little bit easier, you know? Yeah, that didn't happen. And so um, we we were kind of, I'm still kind of in that because Matthew's got some questions in there that it's the male version of Rita and I'm over here going, damn it. I don't know. <laughs> I yeah. have to think about it. Yeah. And when we're in this car ride, you know, we're talking about everything from the job to the kids to what's been going on and all these different things that he's listening to and I'm listening to. And all of a sudden we listen to Ed Milet and Quincy says, we, we need to touch our dream. We, we need to touch our dream. We need to put these incentives in place so that we can get an idea and focus and, and go after it. And I'm thinking, well, when we, when we moved here, you know, when we went to, um, the one marriage conference, that was the first thing that, that stuck out to both of us is they were like, dare to dream again. And both of us were like, what is that? What, what does that even look like? Because we were programmed to just live life 
and we were making changes and and making our marriage better but we hadn't really gone out beyond what does it look like after you know this wedding retreat weekend what's next and we started finally talking about well we we don't want to live in california we know we want to move within x amount of time this was a few years back you know we we want to go somewhere where the pace of life is a little bit slower we we want good schools and good systems for the kids i want the kids to have opportunities that they wouldn't normally have because truth be told where we were in their schools in California and stuff, it wasn't that the schools were horrible, but there were so many freaking kids that if you weren't in the top five or 6% of your graduating class, you were going to have a hell of a time getting any kind of scholarship or help. And that was where I struggled a lot because they're working their butts off. They deserve it. Some of those schools out there are horrible. I, well, yes. I'm talking specifically about what we were dealing with. I'm not talking about others. Okay. So um, we had to sit down and say, okay, what does it look like? So we went to the clouds and we, we, I mean, we, everything that we could possibly think of that we wanted, that we absolutely, if money was no object, if jobs weren't an issue, what do we want? And then once we came down from that little bit of drinking we came back down to reality and said okay what do we need what is an absolute non-negotiable these are things we need so we went through that and then we said okay what are we willing to let go of what are we willing to postpone not a forever just for now what and we we knew how to do that okay so fast forward we moved we're here we've made it we bought a house we're settled. Go touch your dream. What the hell is the dream? That's right. I don't know. Well, in all <laughs> fairness, at at the one year mark, where we had planned on not exactly whatever day the one year was, but we had planned on evaluating where we are and the direction of where we're going to go, and we're right there in the middle of that zone right now <laughs> while this is happening. Mm-hmm. Because the 12th, that was one year. Mm-hmm. We were busy celebrating my birthday because my birthday was the 13th. So I, we overcasted it. I'm more important. I'm not even going to lie. <laughs> well, I, what I'm saying is this, is that it's time for us to do that. And, it, and you know, through this podcast, I hope you, I, my hope is that you do see my heart. You see our heart and what... And realize that there is something, there is some more potential for you. And no matter what area of your life you're in, I'm, we're here. We are, we're looking back. Now, some of you might be ahead of us in the journey. And kudos to you. How can we learn? Legitimately, how can we learn from you? Mm-hmm. But for those of you that are, that are behind us in this journey, it's not a negative thing. You're on the journey. And what we do is we give you our tips and our strategies to help you accelerate some of these challenges on the journey. Some of them you need to go through hard times. You need to you need to build yourself through these hard times because we don't know what's ahead of you. But if we can share with you like Ed shares with us, um, like, you know, Julia Gentry shares with us, uh, and these two other folks that are on the podcast that I can't remember 
um, their name. Um, You'll find it. I will. It, I really want to remember their name, but too bad I don't, but I'll put it in there. Anyway, they are ahead of us in this journey, and they are sharing with us. And there's, if there's an angle, there's an angle. But I see it for what it is. Um, they're showing us, they're giving us free information. They had to go earn this. Mm-hmm. They had to go through this. They had to pioneer their way through these experiences. And now we are the benefit. We have the benefit from that. It's no different than what we do. Would I like to make money on a, on a podcast? Sure. Because that means I can get another day to feed my kids hmm. or to put gas in the tank or keep the lights on. But that's not the express purpose for why I'm doing this. It, it began as the express purpose to get myself out and what, what I believed I needed to do, which is to build a platform to inspire people. But after I started doing it, started getting emails, I was like, forget the freaking money. Mm-hmm. People need help. This is this is worse than I thought. And it's that's a sad thing to say, but it is. And so my heart became how you know, how can I how can I get better at what I'm doing? How can I take these experiences and and hand them over for people to do with them what they will? And then as as it progresses, um then we can go out to the people. And we can share our story face to face. And so I'm excited for what's coming for us. Um, that's a good that's a good yell. I'm excited <laughs> for what's coming for us. I'm excited. I, I would love your feedback on this particular podcast episode. I'd love to hear about what your dream is. I'd love to hear from you. We'll figure ours out and probably put it out there as we, we learn it too. So you're not alone in this one. <laughs> Yeah, we, we will share it. That's what we're committed to do. Matter of fact, you know, Jeannie and I were just talking before this, and we were anticipating that we were going to be able to map out about, you think about 16 different shows that go to help you with how, like using our experience now, five years later, which is over the course of, it ain't 12 years anymore, it's more, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, however many years it is. We're going into 14 years. Of, so, yeah. How did, how did, where we are now, the experience we have with these tools now, with the experiences we brought with us and giving you something new, a new take on it to really equip you for how to get started and how to build this particular relationship. And I was just on a phone call before this show for a, a guy I'm coaching that wants to do live raw coaching on the air. When you're live, there's no take backs. I mean, I'm all I do for this is put music in it, but still. So the only thing that's going to do is benefit you, the listener. And all those sessions aren't pretty. All those discussions aren't pretty. But, if it challenges you, if it benefits you, if it helps you get further along in this journey and then you go help people in some form or fashion, there's a ripple effect. There's a ripple effect. If you have a great burger somewhere, 
I'm sure you go talk to people about it. And the company doesn't pay you to do so. It was just a great burger. So you're going to, you go mm-hmm. and talk about it. And that's, you know, what I appreciate about this podcast. I do not take the time to market it like I should. It's a passion project for me. But I should market it more to broaden the platform to reach more people. But things are changing now because more and more people are starting to come to me and ask for help as opposed to me chasing people down in the streets. Mm-hmm. And it, so it's turning the corner. And before you know it, maybe Jeannie and, and I are coming to a city near you to speak to your group about our story, about our relationship, and giving you that face-to-face um, message that helps you get further along the way. So, yeah, I'm going to end it right there. Anything else? No. Excelente. She is Ginny Moran. I am Quincy Moran, and this is Man versus Marriage, the podcast. <laughs>